Hello, my lovey. You are an amazing, miraculous, gorgeous, complex creature. Welcome back to the show. Whatever you're navigating in the diaspora of pubecularness that is our earth, all right, what this podcast, ZFG Living Podcast, is here for you to do is get real about your mental health struggles, get curious about what gifts they're bringing you, and how to rewrite not just our story, but our actual subconscious programming. So every week, we will explore proven strategies, paradigm-shifting perspectives. We're going to help you get unstuck and start living your most intentional, aligned, joyful life. So if you're ready to get out of overwhelm and into empowerment, if you're ready to stop surviving and start thriving, well, come on, grab your journal. Let's do this. Hello, my lovey. Welcome to another ZFG Living podcast. Today, I am lucky enough to be interviewing Shell Mendelson, who works with what ADHD adults as they go through their careers, which, as you know for myself, has been an interesting sitch. Welcome, Shell. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. So tell me more about uh, like career counseling for ADHD adults. That sounds like a magical, amazing, total mess of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just start by saying I was a career counselor for, I've been one for 35 years. Okay. And probably 20 for 20 of those years. Um maybe a little bit more, I was working with everyone, neurotypical, I'm sure some ADHD people, but I had no idea about the diagnosis for, for so many years before my mm-hmm. own. And uh, I, I mean, I can look back on it and say, yeah, I work with a lot of ADHD people. <laughs> yeah, but hindsight, then 2020. I, yeah, so circumstances led me to um, get my own diagnosis that had to do with the career I was pursuing as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, which I did, I've done this for 35 years. I took a break of a few years where I started a company as uh, called Kids Art, a children's art franchise that went international and was fairly successful. Um, and I'll just, I'll just say this after uh, once we started selling franchises and things started rolling and then I was stuck in the day to day of it, I had not predicted how that would feel. Mm-hmm. And because I always say that your career, the whole career process and choosing a career is a feelings process. How you feel on the job every day mm-hmm. is as important as just the, the work that you do. I mean, how you feel, right? Right. And I began feeling like a pile of crapola. <laughs> and I started getting, I could, I didn't know why that I just... Everybody else was neurotypical, uh, my business partners and uh, everything. And I was the founder, right? So I was the the creative behind it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a plan B. And I decided, uh, you know, I stuck with it for so long because I had, I was invested and I didn't think I had an out. And then it became an albatross. Right. Well, and, and I think it, that in, in my experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing taxes and and helping business owners for decades, is that the person who starts the company, that is not the person you want to run the company in, in the long term because it is oh a different boy. energy and it is a different, <laughs> totally. um, 
you know, ability yeah. to focus on so many things, which is of course our gift as a fellow ADHDers. But but the person who runs the company, mm-hmm. that is a different kind of mind. I couldn't have said it better myself. But had I known that, I would have had a plan B to get right. the hell out of there. Um, and instead it went on to the point where it became toxic for me and probably everyone else around me because I was undiagnosed, right? Mm -hmm. I was one of those people that you don't want to work for with ADHD. If anyone out there has worked for an ADHD boss, undiagnosed, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I have a lot of karma to deal with. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But I was really unhappy, really, really unhappy. And uh, it didn't end well, did not end well uh, with my partners and everything. It just was very messy. And it was at that. Yeah, go ahead. If I may, when we have the self-knowledge of why it all makes crystal perfect sense. However, when you're in the the trenches with something and it's, you know, especially when it's like you say, it's something that you're creating and, you know, whether it's the toxicity or the amazing company, it's, it's so incredibly frustrating at the time. And then it becomes clear. And so once yeah. you had your diagnosis and were out of the company, how did your life unfold to where you're doing what you're doing now? I just went back to doing what I love doing that I got away from mm-hmm. uh, when I started the company because anyone, most a lot of people with ADHD who tend to be on the entrepreneurial side, which you probably understand, Mel, right? you can wake up with an idea one day. And then it starts to unfold. And if it's if it keeps, you know, bugging you, which it did, it kept coming up over and over again, you have to do something about it. And then you're pushed and pushed uh, internally to do that. And that's when that start. That's how it started. So I I got off. I guess I just allowed myself to get off track because I Mm -hmm. got excited about doing this thing. And during that whole time I was doing it, I was not doing what I loved, which is counseling and coaching adults in on developing a career, a viable career direction for Mm -hmm. themselves. And so the first thing I did was I was really lucky. I had a, a friend, actually the friend who sent me the book on ADHD that I shoved into the drawer, uh, after I saw it and said, not, no, not me. Are you kidding me? Anyway, right, right. Uh, she, she actually contacted me and said I, she needed my help. Her son was like off the charts, ADHD. That's how she knew I was, right? <laughs> she, if it looks like a duck, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wouldn't listen, of course. And she never said a word to me. She just sent me the book. Anyway, so her, she, she said, I really need your help with, uh, my son, he's, he just got fired. He was a bartender mm-hmm. and he had gone to the university in creative writing. He was a creative and he was also like a stand-up comic. He was very outgoing. And here he was, as you know, working in this job that was just horrible for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was really down in the dumps and I started working with him and that was what it was like having a weight lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, I was finally back doing what I love doing. And that was, uh, it was really nice. She introduced me to ADHD and also to getting back to doing what I love. That's um, so cool. That's a good friend right there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we were, it was, he, he was one of my uh, first testimonials on my website 
So if you look at you look on the website and you see Ian, you'll see uh, he's the the person that I work with, and it was just like magic going back to doing that kind of work for me. And then I started, I just never stopped after that. I just Mm -hmm. said, this is where I needed to be. I got away from it. It was, I call it now my learning. I learned so much that I can offer the people I work with now about what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about starting a company and you're staying in it too long and you Mm -hmm. don't have a plan B and you're, you're, it's like, what you feel like you can't get out of it. You feel like you're stuck. So what are some tips when, when someone's on that journey of realizing I feel trapped in this thing that I don't fit into? Right. Well, that's literally the, the process that I take people through. So what I, what happened to me was I got off track on my own, uh, roadmap for my own roadmap Mm -hmm. because I was thinking I was doing good. Right. Mm -hmm. And what it helped me do was to define the difference between uh, a life purpose and a mission. And what I was doing was a mission. It was something, a mission to me, my definition, and I, I call it Shell's definition. There are many, but this is mine, is that it has a beginning, a middle. It's a project of some kind. It's something that is important to do or to have some part in, but it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it never should be ongoing. Okay. Right. And that's what this was. It was something that should never have been ongoing. And I did not have a plan B for selling my what part of it or getting out of it or any of that. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I should be there because I was a founder. I didn't know what you said, which is the founder and creator of the the whatever the thing is should never be the person running it. Uh, that's obvious now. <laughs> It's very yes. obvious. Once we've gone through something like that, it's just like, oh yeah. yes, of course. And now I see it because I'm under the yeah. piano. They just crushed me with that information. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I just spent so many years like it was became, you know, the my baby thing. Yep. And and then you get into that controlling, like everything's gotta be a certain way. It was bad. It was really bad. Well, good for you but for anyway. owning up to it and and saying like, okay, yeah. and so we don't we don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. And I also, you know, when I finally got my diagnosis, I literally crawled to the, the shelf where that book that I had shoved into the <laughs> drawer and put my hands on it. I knew exactly where it was. I never yes. read it, but I put my hands on it. It was like something just led me back to that book. And I opened it up and I finally started reading it and going, oh, you know, it's when the light bulb goes off. Like, I'm not alone. I think the first thing that came to me is I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. This is an actual thing. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, what a lot of people discover, you know, when they first get their diagnosis is, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Right. uh, And it also, it allowed me to be a lot kinder to myself. When, yeah. you know, I would like walk in and be like, well, why, why is this out on the counter that obviously I was going to do something with this item, uh-huh. what? you know, and it's just like, yeah. okay, it'll come to me. It'll come to me later. It's fine. Just leave it there. And um, because I felt like I was living in disarray, you, you know, that, yeah. I, and especially with an accounting background, when everything is just you know, tick, yeah. tick, tick, tick. You, <laughs> you know? Yes. I just, I very precise. Under- yeah. Why couldn't I get it together? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have an accountant who's very neurotypical, thank God. <laughs> I don't know that I want an ADHD. <laughs> I was very thorough in my job. I had, you know, I just hadn't applied any of those coping mechanisms to my personal life. I know, you know what, and it's really true that a lot of people say, well, all ADHD people are disorganized or that, you know, they have this myth about who we are and what we are. Everybody's different. Some people are very organized. Some people love to organize and they're even anal about it. Yeah, yeah. And actually some people that I've worked with have gone into organizing, becoming (laughs) professional organizers. So yeah, it is not, it's not, there's no one size fits all at all. Really. Uh, So I started um, getting back to doing the work. It took me several years of just uh, finally uh, getting a sense of what I how I wanted to work with, you know, the the process, getting back into the process of uh, what I was trained in earlier, which was what color is your parachute Mm -hmm. by Richard Bowles. And I was trained by Richard Bowles. He was my teacher. I always considered him my mentor. Uh, and he's been, you know, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with what colors your parachute? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I've done the workbook for that many, many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I realized, um, got after I got my diagnosis and I, I realized immediately that I wanted to work with nothing but ADHD people, Mm -hmm. uh, people that I understood who understood me and yet I had this background and this expertise in helping people make those transitions, right? Mm-hmm. So I began, when, when I began working with people with ADHD, all of a sudden I realized that parachute isn't enough. There's, I, so I started adding to it. I started adding graphics and writing articles and doing a lot of things that I shared with my clients to help them mm-hmm. uh, navigate the process, which is different from neurotypical people uh, who could probably take, this is the workbook that I always use. But what Mm -hmm. I found is that I had to cherry pick it a lot. And the sequence was different. I had to resequence it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I had, I'm working, the person who's formatting my book, I I told you earlier, was the person who did the graphics. She was a client of mine who was incredibly talented designer. Mm -hmm. And who was, who's a genius in, in Canva. And I said, I would just come up with an image that I thought would be a good metaphor for something. You know what I'm talking about? Metaphors work in ADHD, right? Yeah. yeah. And one of them is like the cream rising to the top. I kept saying the cream will rise. And I said, would you do an image of that? So she would do an image for me. And then uh, with a little explanation in it. And then another one is like using a tree trunk as your foundational uh, area, like topic or mm-hmm. industry or special knowledge that you're going to build your branches from. So I would say, let's create a tree of some kind. So mm-hmm. I did that. Uh, she did that for me. And she also put together all these other uh extra kinds of things that I added to what I was doing that I could share with my clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, when I finally create created the masterclass three years ago, it's called your next career move masterclass. And it's really literally the baseline for working with me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ha- I found the right virtual assistant. You know how important virtual assistants are. It's right? huge. It's huge. Yeah. 
Well, and yeah. I think that that's also, um, you know, when you talk about having team and, you know, and if you're, whether it's someone that you're counseling, uh, you know, a client of yours or, you know, a friend, someone that you yes. care about, it's when we surround ourselves with the right people, right. they rub off on us and it helps elevate us. And so we, yes. we have to be selective yes. in who we're giving that valuable time to. And that is actually part of the process is defining the skills you love to use. The the P I'm not a strengths person. Like I don't talk about strengths as much as I do skills mm-hmm. because skills are the things that you, uh, your natural skills are things that we talk about. You're the things that come naturally to you uh, and ones that you want to uh, eventually you may want to develop over time, but you get a better sense of that when you go through like an entire process of defining what the areas are that are important to you and the things that you prefer within those areas, like the skills of the first one. So you mentioned people being surrounded by people. Got to break it down. What kind of people, what characteristics are important? You know, break it down. And then what are the working conditions? That's a big one. Like the office I'm sitting in, uh, what's surrounding me? You know, what am I, what is my desk like? What are all the physical things I need? What kind of, um, computer or laptop or phone, even what kind of phone works better for me. Uh, every blowing shell. I mean, so you're taking the whole career idea of putting ourselves from, you know, reformatting a resume and rewriting a cover letter for every job you apply to. It's like the old system is to constantly turn yourself inside out and change. Yeah, no, it's the other way around. This other way around. Yeah, no, this is this is all about you defining what you want mm-hmm. and what you need in your work for it to be sustainable and for it for you to allow you to be comfortable and satisfied with what you're doing and fulfilled and also productive. Mm-hmm. So it works both ways. It's a win-win if you're working for somebody else. It's a win-win if you come in with all of that knowledge and you can articulate it and tell people what you need. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not they're the right employer for you, rather than are you the right employee for them, right. which is what I call being a job beggar. Instead of being a job beggar, you are a, a job creator. So you are creating whatever the work environment you need to be in, the kind of people you want to work with, the conditions you need, and obviously the subject or industry that you want to work in, mm-hmm. uh, even the salary reward, all those things are really, really important to define ahead of time and to identify what your preferences are. So empl- some employers may not like what I do very much, because it empowers the employees and oh. if some empl- some employers you know want drones they really do they want wow. people who yeah that's what our I'm educational system is set up to do is to make good robots make good robots and i'm sort of breaking that robot pattern mm-hmm. uh and so when people come in saying what they want uh the only time i think an employer would not be happy with what i've helped this person to understand about themselves is that they're not going to conform necessarily. They're not going to actually put up with being in that kind of environment. So they'll be able to say no to it before they get entrenched and, uh, you know, feel stuck, lose their self-confidence because things aren't working out, lose their, 
you know, the environment's not the the right environment. The working conditions are not what they wanted. The culture's not the way they had hoped it would be. Every, but when you know all the stuff in advance, you have a good, you're, you're basically armed with being able to ask the right questions. Right. And uh, tell them, in fact, you applied for this particular position because it fits the ticks of everything you've been looking for. And instead of, I fit all the ticks, therefore hire me. But you're, you're coming to them because now you're doing it because you've, you've identified that they are an employer that, that you want to work with. And then you can listen to how they respond to your questions. Right. And if you say, I work best in under these conditions Mm -hmm. and it doesn't you can you can it doesn't have to be every single condition you lay out it can be like the ones that are like the top five Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for example um and they give you an eye roll not you know or they they don't they're hesitant to respond uh you can kind of get a sense whether or not it's going to be the right 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 fit for you so being able to say thank you but this isn't a good fit for me or just later on saying, you know, I've thought about it and this doesn't look like a good fit. Yeah. Much better than going through hell on earth, you know, thinking it's one thing and then eventually having one more crushing situation that you have to, uh, you know, get, you know, get yourself away from. Uh, From underneath that piano. You know, Out from underneath. Exactly. And so now uh, and, are you like detailing some of this in your book? Come on, spill the beans, please. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely do, because the whole thing is about is is about empowering you. It's about what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And being able to articulate that mm-hmm. and being and owning it and being aware of uh, what I call the safekeeping self. Right. Which Tell is, me about the safekeeping was, self. The safekeeping self is that uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, I won't, I can't, I shouldn't, yes, buts that come into your head every time you start to think about going into a new direction that may not fit exactly the way you think it should fit in your mind that society has told you it should fit, mm-hmm. that your friends have told you, your family have told you, everybody bad else. Bad programming. That is bad programming. Yeah. And uh, so it, but it enters the room, as I say, it can enter the room at any time. And throughout the whole uh, course book, I am talking, I'm making people aware, think about the safe, are you safekeeping on this? Are you safekeeping on that? So there's some uh, stop gaps basically that help Mm -hmm. people to identify throughout the process when that might be happening. And there's a whole section on, on it and solutions for it. So it's, it is, it can be considered a, uh, some people can, can consider it like a psychological. I'm not a, I'm not a therapist, but mm-hmm. I say the process is therapeutic. Uh, in other words, you are dealing with things that you want, may want to take to your therapist and have a mm-hmm. bigger conversation about. Uh, if it keeps coming up, and I'll tell you, the older you are, the more it will come up. The more work experience you've had, the more times you've been uh, either shoved to the side or fired, job hopped, felt uh, 
disempowered in your position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've heard of those PIP programs, right? What is a PIP program? Uh, It's it's the improvement performance improvement oh oh yes 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 like when you get written up at work and then they give you the like these are the ways that you can make it better and kill your soul yeah which is one step to being out the door it's like you're already fired but they're going through kind of the process of maybe a legal process of some kind uh which a lot of people don't realize that that is the case that you are pretty much going to be fired at some point because they make it nearly impossible for you to to do it right do it the way they mm-hmm. and and very often it has nothing to do with what you're trained to do or what you've done in the past it's like excuse me it's extra things that you're you know extra tasks that you're asked to do and it's just a test to see how long you can take it before you quit and how um <laughs> like how often is it actually it's it's like personalities that don't get along you know there's a friction well when you're working for other people you don't have any control of you know the the personalities and people that come into the you can start out one way and get a sense of the kind of people that work for a certain Mm -hmm. company like the general by the culture of it, by the way people work and team, you know, if they're happy mm-hmm. and that's something you can do ahead of time and interview people and get a better sense that way. But really, when you work for other people, you don't have any control over it because right. a person can leave and yeah. be replaced. Uh, you know, supervisors, managers change. Mm-hmm. Uh, even companies get bought by other company, you know, so there's all kinds of things that that can happen during the course of employment, right? That you don't have much control over, right? Yeah. So it's, it's the more, you know, I would say go with the culture of the company before personalities, because that would be kind of a broader way of saying that they tend to hire people who would sort of work well within this kind of culture mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's so easy it's much easier now than it used to be as far as looking up like what is their what is the vision of the company what is their mission statement you know yeah they'll just have it on their website well they don't always follow their mission statements <laughs> very true they don't so it's it's got to be a deeper dive you know i mean the process i do require requires uh, the people I work with to actually spend more time and the people who are going to go through this book uh, more time looking at things that they've never looked at before and viewing their career uh, longevity, sustainability from a completely different perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like your change. Have you ever had a perspective change and you know, it doesn't come overnight, right? Right. It doesn't, it doesn't happen just like that. It's like lose 30 pounds in two weeks kind of thing. Yeah. It doesn't happen. So you have to be aware that it's going to be a change. You know, uh, it's, it's something that you start to notice. And the first time you notice it happening is that's the win right there. Oh, absolutely. The The mindfulness of it is just, that's the gorgeous, wonderful part of it. Yeah. I totally agree. Now, do yeah. you have a copy of your book? Can we see it for if someone's watching this on YouTube? Just happen to have it. Just have it. A course for uh, ADHD adults and teens. Unlock your career path. Navigate your next career move step by step. I love it. I yeah. love it. And you're giving props to your mentor, 
uh, right there. I totally give props to my man. Well, he died in 2017, but his wife, Marcy, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is kind of in charge of everything. And uh, I am, she knows what I'm doing. And I just actually wrote her to, I wanted to wait until most of it was written, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be sending her, you know, the, I, I would like to get her endorsement. That's so cool. That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, but, you know, they're also still selling their books. So I have to be, I don't want to step on any toes that way. This is very specific for people with ADHD. Right, right. And and I think that the specificity of it is what is going to appeal, um, you know, because when yeah. you don't find something out like that uh, until you're an adult, And then it's like, okay, this could explain a lot. Am I interpreting this correctly? And how can I look at the job market, the job field uh, in a way that better serves me so that I'm, it it, it is, I like the way you make it sound kind of like matchmaking, you know, like, like it's a little, yeah. Find out, know who you are, know Know what you you want, what you want's the biggest part and understand and own what you want. Yeah. And be willing to look outside the general scope of what you might have believed you were limited to. It's mm-hmm. like opening up uh, possibilities and realize that it's a nuanced process. It is not linear at all. Right. There is no it's not like you get it. You you get a degree, then you get a job and then you li- stay in that job for how many years or whatever. Yeah. The gold watch era is over. (laughs) That's been over for, for years, but not just that. It's sort of, there's still a lot of societal norms that people grow up with, even younger people. And they think it's supposed to, and they hear all the, the, the language, the career language, the, the corporate language, they get kind of caught up. Yeah. I know when I hear people speak in that, in that way, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to, we got some work to do here. Well, and language matters and what we tell ourselves matters so much. And it it is a gift what you're helping people to identify and to understand themselves and Mm self-understanding is the path to so many good things. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, I mean, of course I am the career person, but obviously a lot of these, um, a lot of what we do in in the process is going to leak out into other areas of your yeah. life and expand, especially the safekeeping part. You'll start recognizing how you're limiting yourself in oh, yeah. so many ways. We hold ourselves and, back, don't we? Hmm. Yeah. And very often the things that come up for people that they want to explore are things that they, they had thought about for years yeah. and we're afraid to. So that, you know, fear comes into it but a lot of times and safekeeping self will keep them from even finding out anything about it like even doing a google search or you know any kind of exploration on it uh and there's so many ways to sort of blow the myth of what some of these things are a lot of things that people think are impossible are very doable and they don't have to be like one thing it could be a part of that thing it could mm-hmm. be like some aspect of that work that is very important for you to include in what you're doing uh but i'd say the main thing is like my my field is education mm-hmm. uh, and when you think of education what do you think of uh, lifelong process of growth we'll see that's that's an odd you know you're a bigger picture person but people think education teacher right 
Oh, okay. Being okay. a teacher, being a teacher in a classroom, in a public class, I mean, they can break it down and have this vision of what they think it is. And when in fact, education obviously is about learning and growing and teaching and imparting knowledge and uh, lifelong learning, like you said, and it incorporates so many different things. And even as a kid, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, from the time I was like seven years old, I thought I wanted mm -hmm. to be a teacher. So I went out and got a teaching credential and got trained in a public high school and hated it. Hated it. Uh, didn't like the public school system. Didn't like the bureaucracy. Felt wedged in. Right. Oh, but man. I, Teachers are in a tough spot in the U.S. right now and have I been for ever. Yeah. At one point, I wanted to just serve teachers because of all the crap all they have to deal with. And it's worse, worse than ever now. Uh, but really what I, I wanted was to use the skill of teaching in my work. Mm -hmm. So which means uplifting, educating, imparting knowledge, um, looking at it from a broader perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the the rest of the tree would be growing your branches. And with ADHD brains, we're going to go off in, uh, you know, different directions, the ones that attract us the most. Right. right. So so knowing that foundation of education, I could my my brain could go off into, ooh, now I want to I think I want to write a book. I think I want to do podcasts. I think I, you know, right, right. I want to write I want to write curriculum. I want to do uh blah, 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 you know, some aspect of it that, that I get excited about it, that I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then nothing can stop me at that point, you know? Uh, and I think that's true for a lot of people with ADHD. Once we get that bug, yeah. once we know what it is and we get it, but this is a little bit more structured way of, of allowing yourself to grow in that way. Oh, know, I love it. Yeah. Nuance kind of way. Thank you for yeah. bringing that to the table. Yes. And Shell, thank you so much, Shell Mendelson, for being on this podcast and sharing your wisdom and informing us about these resources that are out there. And like like you said, you took the the what color is your parachute style of job hunting and made it specifically for the kinds of brains that you work with, the, the gorgeous ADHD brain. And thank you. Gorgeous. I love it. It is gorgeous. That's a great way to describe our brains. Gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. of course. Of course. And of uh, course, the, also, uh, our our listeners can reach out to you uh, with their information in the show notes. Is there anything you'd like to leave them with? Um, well, uh, so the book is coming out, uh, hopefully at the end of this month, beginning of next, I do the masterclass, which is an eight week process that I take people through and I'm training my first amazing, amazing instructor who's gone through the class. She's now on her second time and we're doing training. Uh, and so she and I are both going to be teaching the class Very cool. next year. And so if people want to get they can get the book and go through it with someone. I always say, do it with someone else. Don't do it on your own. You need accountability. Accountability is big. Mm -hmm. And I, as, as after it's released, I'll be offering more in the way of just little uh, tidbits to, to keep the momentum going as you're working through it. Uh, or taking the class if you want the deeper dive. So, Fantastic. Thank you so much. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Mel. I appreciate it. My lovey, thank you so much for listening. If this episode struck a chord with you, just know you do not have to be defined by whatever bullshittery has happened to you. And you can experience joy while you work on the heavier stuff. There's a link in the show notes where you can book a call with me and talk about how you can move forward with that because there's so much joy in living and you don't have to have it be heavy all the time.